things were happening in, in such a way that, that he didn't know what else to do. No one else was encouraging him, so he reached over and patted himself on the back. He encouraged himself. Amen. We thank God for today. We thank God for his goodness. Amen. And we're going to go into the word of God after this, this next election. I'm excited about Jesus. Amen. And I hope you are too.
tell the Lord something good. Bless your Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Just talk to him for a moment. He, you know, the Lord has to hear your voice. He has to hear your voice. That's what makes the difference. Bless your Savior. Hearing your voice. Mighty God. Mighty God. Certainly we thank God. God bless you. Bless you for the songs. Amen. Thank God for his goodness today and who he is in our lives. You know, I, I, the enemy would destroy as many as he could if it wasn't for the grace of God. I had a dream the, uh, I think it was maybe Thursday morning, Friday morning, I don't recall exactly the exact time or nothing of that nature. What I do know is that the enemy was out trying to be a destroyer and I felt myself being elevated in the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance and I was delivered from the hand of the enemy. God is a deliverer. He's our deliverer. There is no other deliverer. Let's open our Bibles up to Acts, the third chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. Acts, the third chapter. Beginning at the, the 12th verse. Being mindful that the time has changed, whereas normally would be out, certainly it's an opportunity to, to reach out to souls prior to service, but it's a lot darker now. We have to be smart in what we do. We don't stumble when we walk in the, dark, in the night or in the light, but when it's dark, you will stumble. You don't want to put yourself in at risk when it's dark. So we have to alter time. One of the greatest things that there is in the church for the church to do is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of the church, is to serve the Lord. You know, we ought to give the king what he wants. You, you, you ought to just say that to yourself. Uh, you know, I'm, give the king what he wants. That's what you should do. Give the king what he wants. Remind yourself that he is the Lord as king. And whatever he asks for, we should be willing to give that to him. How many things do we ask the Lord for? We ask the Lord for a lot of things which he already empowered us to obtain. Uh-huh. Don't you know that the Lord already empowered you? to obtain the very thing that you're asking for. He set principles. He set a universal law in place. And, and here it is right here. He said the diligent shall bear rule. So if you're diligent, then you're going to have authority. You're going to have power over situations. You may not have power over every situation, but you'll have power over your own. 
Amen. And what you can't control, God can. Acts, the third chapter. I love the Lord because he just knows what to do. And I, I, he doesn't make any mistakes. We make mistakes. I, I'm looking at, at what I was reading and I'm looking at my notes from where I study. And so, but there's no mistake about what the Lord is saying. The Bible tells us over in Acts, the third chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. And when Peter saw it, he answered and said unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why are you scratching your heads? Why are you wondering about what you saw? Have you ever saw something? And we're talking about the, the miraculous. We're talking about the, the, the extraordinary, the unordinary, the things that God does. You ever seen something that God has done and you scratched your head? You knew it was the Lord. You knew there was no other way for that to occur except by the power of God, but yet you were at all. And so this is where the people were uh, that Peter are addressing. They were in, in, a, in a state of marvel. They, it, what had happened was marvelous. And, and it was, you could not explain it uh, under the circumstances. And so Peter said, why are you marveling at this? Or, or why look you so earnestly on us? Why are you staring at us? Now, everybody don't, don't say that. You know, you, you have those that are in leadership role that uh, that people look up to in such a way that if they're not present, then the service doesn't move forward. The only presence that's needed for the service of the Lord is the Lord himself. We're to invoke his presence. We're not to invoke the presence of the, the presiding, the presider. We're not we're not there to provoke the presence of of any leader. All leaders and everyone should be seeking to invoke the presence of God. To entreat the Lord because he's sovereign. He's the only one that died on the cross for you and I. Nobody else did and nobody else will. There's only a few people that might get in. Now, the, the, uh, the, the service that, that is with the uh, president, uh, they have vows to, to put their lives in jeopardy. They step in the way and, and, and shield the president. That's their job. Uh, I don't know of anyone else that has taken on that vow, especially in the church world. I don't know of anyone that has taken that vow. To, uh, but Jesus Christ sacrificed him. Uh, he was the sacrifice for us. He was the lamb of God. And, and so uh, Peter is asking, said, why are you looking at us? Why are your eyes fixated on us as though by our own power? Uh by our own holiness. Why are you looking at me? That's what Peter was saying. What are you looking at? And so we didn't make this man to walk. We didn't do this. Uh, that didn't come by our power because we are powerless. Anyone that think they have the power. Now, now the Lord has taken people that have been drunkards. The Lord has taken people that have been uh you know, as they would say, pimps, prostitutes, uh, people that have been to the curb. And they, he has caused life changing experience. And some of the people that that we didn't want to be bothered with unless we were using, unless we was taking advantage of them. And then he's taking others that are that were not in those situations. 
And he raised us up into being a respectable vessel in his house to use us for his service. So how are we or have the, uh, could even uh, come into a frame of mind that, that we did something great when there is a healing that transpires in the church? Or to think that we did something great because uh, the message was so the anointing flowed uh, through the message, which was the word of God and, and convicted and, and healed and, and was life changing for uh, for people. This is what Peter is saying. We didn't do this by our own power. We didn't do this by our own holiness. Uh, we didn't make this man to walk the God of Abraham. And of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son, Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Pilate was going to let Jesus go, but, but the people cried out and said, no, 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 give us the thief. Let the thief go. Jesus was an innocent man who was being persecuted that was un, unlawfully on trial and hung on the cross, they wouldn't, the people didn't want to hear anything except they were crying out, crucify him. And here it is, you crucified him, and he caused this man to walk. There is the, uh, in other words, the one you crucified is yet alive. The one you killed. The one you nailed on the cross that you thought game over is yet alive. Now, I love what, what Mark said in the, 12th, in the 12th chapter, in the 27th verse. He said, he's not a God of the dead. This is Jesus speaking. Mark recorded, he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. You think that, uh, that he is a God of the dead? Listen, church. He's not a God of the dead. He's not a God of a dead body. When I say body, I'm speaking about it, of our time today because we refer to churches as bodies and the body of Christ. He's not a God of the dead. If you are dead, he's not your God. He's not a God of the dead. He is a God of the living, which means that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, their forefathers that they are referencing are not dead. The physical man may be dead, but the spirit man is yet alive. How about you? Is your spirit man yet alive? I, I was told that that that, that when, you know when a baby is born, they, they they want the baby to cry, to inhale, and to exhale, and to to show the the signs of life. Uh, we should be inhaling and exhaling, showing the signs of life. If we're not showing the signs of life, then, uh, the, then there is a legitimate question. Are you dead? Are you dead? Or are you alive? But you denied the Holy One, the just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. The disciples were witnesses. The apostles were witnesses. One of the, the pre, one of the prerequisites of becoming a of being an apostle was one that had to had been with Jesus, 
from the time, from the beginning of his ministry, from the beginning of his call uh, to those that would be following him. And, and then he made a selection and they maintained and, and stayed with him during that time. He uh, chose 12 of them to be apostles. And, and so uh, they were witnesses. The disciples were witnesses of Jesus Christ. Uh, when Jesus was crucified, they, there was some that was on the road and, and Jesus caught up with them and, and, and met them on the road and began to minister and talk to them and, and expound the gospel to them. And, and he got on them. He said, look, you, you guys are being slow to believe. Are we being slow to believe the word of God? I think in many instances, the answer to that is yes. That we're slow to believe what the Lord is saying when we should embrace it, knowing that he's sovereign, that he's God, that he has all power in his hand, that there is nothing impossible for him to do. Now, let me let me let me go back here again. God has given you the ability to do whatever you need to do here on this earth here within. God has given you what you need to accomplish, whatever goals you have. And uh, God's not going to do for you what he has given you the ability to do. He's not going to do that for you. He's not going to do it. He will help you. In but there are the times that God intervenes. And here we find an intervention. We find a miracle. We find that those that have witnessed the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is yet going forward, testifying and telling of his goodness. But not only are they testifying and telling of the goodness of God, they are also allowing the Lord to use them. Church, we have to allow, you have to allow the Lord to use you. When you meet somebody and say, hey, you know, uh, and, and you engage them in conversation as you witness to them, as you uh, tell, testify of the goodness of God, uh, and, and it goes beyond the job. It goes beyond the car. How about the person's soul? The soul. People are concerned about their soul. They're concerned about their soul. At, uh, deep down inside, people know that, that I'm going to leave here one day. But when I leave here, am I ready? Am I ready when I leave here? The answer is only, it's only one of two answers is, is yes or no. But you can, the, the Lord has empowered us to help someone, to help those that we encounter be ready. So when we're out, we're witnessing and we're talking to people about the Lord uh, that, that like this man here uh, needed an intervention. We should be willing to be an intervention. Well, listen, you're, you're requesting prayer. Matter of fact, I see a need. I see a need. Uh, and, and so do you mind if, if we have a word of prayer that God meet that need right now, that the Lord meet that need and make a difference in, in your life, in your family life, in your home, uh, wherever that need uh, is to be met so that God, the kingdom of God, you know that the kingdom of God is near you, that God is working with you and working on your behalf. It, it's not for God to bless somebody and, and then when he blessed them, they forget about him. It's so that they will know that, wow, Lord, you're, you're really there for me. Let me draw closer to you. Let me draw closer to you. Bless you, Lord. Are we a willing vessel as Peter and the apostles were? Well, the Bible says, and in his name through faith. 
in his name, in the name of Jesus, not any other name, but the name of Jesus, have made this man strong. People gain strength through the name of Jesus. You gain strength through the name of Jesus. Situations change through the name of Jesus. When they met, when the sons of Sceva were together and they met Peter and met them, it was through the name. They said, look, we know Jesus. We know, uh, we know Peter. We know Paul. We know the others that have been, that have been signified, that have been, that have been assigned the name, that wear his name, that, that are part of his uh, discipleship. But we don't know you. It's in the name. It's the name. The name have made this man strong. What will the name of Jesus do if we open our mouths up and call on him? Bless your Lord. We should open our mouths up and just say Jesus with the loudest that we can. When we're praying, we should call on the name of Jesus. When we don't know what else to do, we should call on the name of Jesus. It makes a difference. There are many testimonies that uh, throughout the years that I've heard where people have been in situations and it looked like that, that, that things were about to take a great toll. Uh, there was a, a, a vehicle accident. They, they, they knew that this is over. And the only thing they could do was call on the name of Jesus and it stopped the situation from occurring. They were able to walk away. They were able to move. I've heard about people that said they couldn't open their mouth up because of because of what was going on. They could not do anything but just think about the name of Jesus. And after a while, they were able to speak. After a while, the situation changed because they were just thinking about his name. We have to think upon the name of Jesus. We have to call upon the name of Jesus. And the Bible says whatever we do in word or deed, do it. In the name of Jesus, you should be able to apply the name of Jesus to whatever the situation is. Matter of fact, I dare you to apply it. Apply the name of Jesus to whatever the situation is, whatever is going. Apply the name of Jesus to it and see what happens. When you go to school, apply the name of Jesus. I'm sitting here and I'm studying. Lord, help me to study and to uh, have uh, uh, to recall the information and in, uh, Lord God, so that I, I'm not just I'm not just here, but uh, but I, I'm able to, to to be a good student. And Lord, this is all being done in your name so that when someone asks me, well, how did you get good grades? And, you know, I can tell them that, you know, I wasn't always a fantastic student, but it came a time that 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 I realized I needed some help. And while I was going to tutoring and while I was studying and doing my homework, I, I said some prayers, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help me to retain this. When I didn't know what to do on the job, I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Lord, help me in the name of Jesus to understand so I could get a grip on what's going on so I can move forward and, and help the company. And, you know, whatever we do, we should be able to apply the name of Jesus. Because it's by the strength, it's by the power that's in his name that we are even saved today. It's through the name of Jesus. It is a name that we can't erase. It's a name that cannot be removed. It's a name that, that no one should do without. To be without the name of Jesus is to live beneath our privilege. It's a mighty name. And his name through faith in his name. Made this man strong whom ye see and knew. You knew the situation. You knew that this, uh, this man uh, was was 
could not walk. You knew this man had a problem. You knew this man could not do anything on his own without somebody helping him. But the name of Jesus has been a help above what everybody else has been able to do. Because everyone else's help is what? Temporary. It doesn't mean that they're trying to be temporary. But let's say, for instance, uh, you got a loan from a bank and then the bank closed. That was temporary. Somebody came by and was a physical help to you. But then now their help, uh, now their physical being is not as strong as it was and they can't help you that way no more. It was temporary. There are a lot of things that are temporary that are only meant for a particular season. But the name of Jesus is a strong tower. The Bible said it is so strong that the righteous run into it and they are safe. The safest place is the name of Jesus. We can call upon that name and be saved. Matter of fact, the Bible said there's no other name under heaven whereby you can be saved. There's no other name. You know this. Ye the, the faith which is by him have given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You all are witnessing this. You all have seen this. You understand the situation that existed before the name of Jesus was invoked, before the name of Jesus was used in this man's situation. Now, I want you to understand something, that when we look in the Old Testament, you don't find them fighting against the miracles of God, do you? Have you read in the scripture where they fought against the miracles that was performed by God? Did you find the judicial system, the politicians? Now, they fought against prophets. Yes, they did. They killed prophets. They killed them. They persecuted them. But when there was miracles that was performed, what did they do? They went looking for the miracle worker. They didn't like the fact that the miracle worker would turn around and say, you wrong. They didn't like that. Remember, John was beheaded because he told, he told the king, he said, look, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. You commit adultery. They didn't like that. John wound up in prison and eventually beheaded because he spoke out against something that was wrong. So people are not going to always agree with you when you tell them it, but people will want to see a miracle. They want to see a miracle. I want to see something that I haven't seen before. So in the Old Testament, as we read, you don't find them taking counsel against the leaders that was working miracles. You don't find them taking counsel against the, the prophet uh, when a miracle is worked. You don't find them doing that. Whereas here in the scripture, we see that in the New Testament that they took counsel and they threatened them. Don't teach, don't preach in the name of Jesus. Don't do that. There was opportunity for Peter in his exhortation and, and, and ministering to them and telling them that this man was healed by the name of Jesus, he even gave them an avenue where they could have repented. He said, look, you crucified him. You put him to death. 
That was a moment, an opportunity. Anytime something is brought to our attention, that is an opportunity for us to get it right. Or if it's something good, to keep going that way. But they did not seize the moment. The Bible said that they gathered together and came back with a judgment against them, saying that you shouldn't preach in this name no more. You shouldn't talk about his name anymore. You're making us feel guilty. That's what was going on. They were having a problem with the guilt. And so they began to complain about it. They didn't like that. Well, let's go on a little further here. The name for salvation was, is used about 101 times. And out of that, Luke, in his uh, letter to Theophilus, mentions this about 40 times. The importance of salvation and where salvation, the foundation of salvation, is in the name of Jesus. Peter points this out saying that there's no other person or God to which to turn to. Jesus is Savior. And he is Savior and no one else can claim that salvation. He's the one. He's the one that healed this man. He's the one that made the difference. Is there somebody that need the name of Jesus? We're not to withhold that name. We're to publish the name of Jesus. Now, we may not be dealing with political adversaries, people standing in your presence saying, don't speak in the name of Jesus. Don't you, sister, if you speak in the name of Jesus, you're going to jail. If you speak in the name of Jesus, you're going to be put to death. If you speak in the name of Jesus, you're going to be beaten. We don't have people standing in front of us saying that. But what we do have is antichrist, spirit of antichrist, the spirit that works against Christ, that stands in our way, that try to get in the way and say, you know what? Why don't you focus on the problem that you're having? Why don't you focus on your emotions right now? Why don't you focus on your mental right now? Why don't you focus on your job? Why don't you focus on the things that are going wrong? Those are the things that come against us to try to, that stops us, that threatens us not to speak in the name of Jesus. That's a time to invoke and say, you know what? It's better for me to obey God than to obey man. It's better for me to obey God than to obey the situation. It's better for me to obey God than anything else because it's for God I live and for God I die. It's his name that if any good is going to come out of any situation, it's going to be through the name of Jesus. Oh, bless your Holy Ghost. It's going to be through the power of God. If there's going to be an overturning, if there's going to be a shift in the situation, if things are going to change, it's going to be through the name of Jesus. My God, bless your Lord. So that's a name that I'm not going to stop calling on his name. I'm not going to stop invoking his name. I'm not going to stop singing the song. When I'm driving down the street, and, and, and it just seemed like things that I am going to sing about the name of Jesus. 
When nobody, when people are standing all around me and hovering over me and it just seemed like they're trying to put me in a vice and it seemed like they're just putting the pressure on you, it, 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 that's the time to say, hold on, I, I got to go to the bathroom. And you go in the bathroom and you pray in the name of Jesus. That's the time that while you're going through your activities, whether you're going for a walk or a bicycle, whatever you're doing, that you put your mind on the Lord and say, Lord, this you know all things. I, I know you already know and understand. You told me to cast my cares on you. And, and, and so I'm casting my cares on you. And, and, and I know that you hear me because you told me that you hear me before I even call. And you gave me a name here, 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 sister. Here's a name for you to use. I don't want you just said, oh, God, I want you to say Jesus. I don't want you to say, Lord, I want you to say Jesus. I don't want you to just say, if there is someone up there, no, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm going to call upon the name of Jesus because Jesus makes the difference. He makes the difference. I think you know that already. As a matter of fact, I, 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 I feel in my spirit, I know you agree with me. That makes a difference. I'm going to call upon the name of Jesus because it made it. I'm not going to allow the political situation. I'm not going to allow any authority. I'm not going to allow anything, any situation that seemed like it's going to that is threatening me to stop me from calling upon the name of Jesus. No, uh, -uh. if I can't say anything else, I'm going to think upon that name. I'm going to think upon the name of Jesus. Aren't you glad you have a name that you can call upon? You have the authority. You have a powerful, you have a powerful adversary. You have a powerful alliance. The whole family in heaven and earth has been named after him. Don't you know that when you call upon the name of Jesus, it looses something in the atmosphere? You don't know. God himself may just show up and show up in your situation. When you call upon the name of Jesus, you don't know how many angels are dispatched to handle your problem. We step back and we say, and we don't think about that. But the Bible said there is a hedge encamped around about you. There is a fence around you. It's not a fence. There is a, thank you, Lord. <laughs> There's a fence around you as an individual. But don't you know when we come together that there is a larger incorporation of that fence, that shield? There is a larger embodiment, a larger presence of power that exists because they're on assignment. They are ministering spirits. Well, those ministering spirits, we don't have to know their name. Matter of fact, you're not supposed to be calling upon any other name but the name of Jesus. And the Lord himself will assign and tell whomever he's going to use to go and see about you, to handle you. Don't you know that there are that there are ministering spirits that have been loose into time? And God understands the time element. I, I know that we yesterday is gone. Tomorrow's not here. But understand something. God doesn't deal with time. There are there are messengers. There are there are ministering spirits that have been loosed in eternity 
to go forth and handle your situation right now. If you can receive this, if you, if you can just receive this right now, there is ministering spirit and you don't have to know the details. Just know that God has your best interest in mind, has already been loose, has already gone forth that is going to handle your situation because God already foresaw it. Listen here. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to wind down with this. I'm going to cut off with this. But the Bible says that the Lord told Adam, don't eat of that fruit. Because the day that you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. Adam told Eve, don't eat of that tree. Okay. However, the Lord put that out there, gave them that information. The commandment has been, was given but the Lord saw, he foresaw the situation. And the Bible says that John said, I saw a lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the world. God already knew what was going to occur and made provision for it well in advance. Don't you know God has already made provision for you well in advance? I know we don't think about it because we're, we're looking at the here and now. We're dealing with the now. But God has already made provision for you. Bless you, Lord God. Let's stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, knowing that you have already made provision for us, Lord God, that you have our best interests in mind, I pray that you would bless us, Lord God, also to to carry on and to walk with the best interests of mind that everyone that we come in contact with. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless your people to embrace and to hold on to the words that have been spoken this morning, to know that, that, that you are the power, that you are the wind in this sail, Lord God, that, that, that you are here to, and that you are present, a present help in the time of need, Lord God, as they go forward from this moment forth, Lord. Lord Jesus, your name has been invoked in our lives. Your name is invoked, Lord God, in our homes, and our vehicles, on the job. Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, knowing that you are covering uh, for each one under the sound of my voice and those that will hear this message, Lord God, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Bless you, Lord God.